0: Welcome to the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your hosts Marcus Greaves and Adam Nicholson. We have a ton of great Oregon State content coming your way. Let's get this thing started. Adam. Episode 2 of the week, we are back for another episode of the Damn Recruiting Podcast with your hosts Marcus Greaves, Adam Nicholson. We have a great show again today. For any of you guys who do listen, do we ever have a bad show? Don't answer that. I don't think we do, but we <laughs> might. Um to to yourself, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we got uh damn hotline today with Coach Blue Adams, Oregon State's defensive backs coach. We have... Next level, I'll go next level on Alex Lemon, Oregon State's uh, most recent commit. And then from there, we decided it was only it was only right to bring back Damn Questions for all of the Beaver fans and everyone who loves to listen to our podcast. You guys know Damn Questions is something that we love to do. We love to hear about, you know, kind of the topics you guys want to talk about, what's on your guys' mind, and everything along the lines of that. So we got a great show lined out for you. Uh, Adam, Oregon State, the young guys, they're here now they're on campus uh they're going kind of through the start program summer workouts kind of getting their feet wet of what college is like and it's uh it's an exciting time man and you know it sounded like offer you said that that was your first article that you ever wrote was actually about the start program right
1: yeah i mean it's hard to believe that i was you know 10 years ago almost 11 years ago now um got to sit down interview the then uh Head of the bridge program, and actually observe the uh the culminating or the culmination of the program they did presentations all the uh the athletes and I remember watching uh devin and Kevin unga up there um giving their presentation and just kind of it's it's that initial period of you know ice breaking with uh all these you know the the recruiting class coming together and really getting to know one another and um you know, I don't have to tell you about it. You're the one who's been through it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? What is what is the summer kind of entail? I guess. Yeah. So um, for a student athlete coming to the program.
0: Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is when you get there. It's kind of it's kind of like, to me, I was like, damn, like I'm I'm actually here. Like that. <laughs> you know, first things first. I was just like, <laughs> man, I'm here. This is awesome. I mean, obviously, uh, you, you have to make that transition, but once you get there, it's kind of just crazy because. You know, you don't really have a summer. You get there, and you're like, all right, well, I guess now it's time to work out and go back to school, even though I just graduated like two weeks ago, but um, I mean, it's really <laughs> cool, man. It's a really cool thing to be a part of, and if anything, you know, obviously, you'll, t- you'll take some summer classes. They'll teach you basically how to be a student athlete. You have kind of your meetings and everything like that that you go through, you know, NCAA kind of stuff that you have to take care of, everything along the lines of that, but uh you know, if anything, it's just a time to kind of get to know your teammates, too. A lot of guys now, on, you know, they know each other through social media. They're always reaching out to each other, stuff like that, you know, on the Twitter and everything like that. But, um, you know, when I got there, that was before Twitter was actually as big as it is now. So I was on it. I reached out to a couple of people I know uh, or I knew, you know, Jordan Villeman. Um, I knew... I think actually that might be it. Oh, I knew Jalen Bailey, but he came on to Oregon State's uh, team, or, or later, excuse me. But, you know, it was really fun just kind of getting to know everybody. Obviously, you're going to joke around. You guys are going to clown each other. But it's a good bonding time. But, um, you know, I would say what the biggest bonding time is, is the fact that it's those summer workouts. Because let me tell you guys, my goodness, those summer workouts, that will separate <laughs> that will separate the boys from the men. <laughs> because uh they uh, they put you on blast so basically it's like you'll know who's been working out over the summertime who's been working out after football season just kind of to mm-hmm. see you know who's in shape who's ready to be a college football player me, I took that extremely serious. I wanted to come in and probably be in the best shape of my life um, so no, I didn't drink any beer or anything like that I was I was running every day working out often with my older brother um, and everything like that so, I came in, and I was ready. So our first workout, we just had to run, I think it was 10 gassers, which is um, down, back, down, back. And we did that. It was really easy for me. Some guys died because, you know, those were the guys who did not take (laughs) it extremely serious. But, uh, man, kind of, you know, I don't want to steer away from kind of the the start program of the bridge program and all the freshmen, but um, I kind of wanted to shift it just over to summer workouts and kind of what it means now especially kind of just to put in your guys' mind what the team is going through now is uh, these workouts in the summertime, some will argue that it's winter. I, I know for a fact if you ask anyone who was a part of Coach Riley or Coach Anderson's um, kind of tenures at Oregon State is the summertime is the worst time. The summertime, like mm-hmm. I said, it really separates the boys from the men. I mean, there's there was days we were running. We ran 81 eighty one a total of eighty one gassers in one day in a hundred and it was hundred and five degree weather we had people like passing out on the side like uh i mean it was it was crazy man it's something that that's where they build your mental toughness for the most part that's where guy you know guys you get your size you know if in you know for example all those people that we've done these breakdowns on and now that they're on campuses um you know, it's time for them to add the weight that they need to add or lose the weight they need to lose and basically just get your body right and prepare for fall camp because when fall camp comes around, I know I just said separates boys from the men, but this is like the men from like the the manly men. I don't even know, man, because it's like it's just <laughs> unreal. You know, it's the summer is, I mean, it's a big time for the program. I and mean, it's. I would say it's where most of the growth takes place. It truly does. I mean, obviously in the season you're gonna experience that, but um Adam, I'm telling you, man, it is absolutely no joke.
1: Yeah. And then so who are you really working out with? Is it mostly the strength um you know, the strength coaching staff or yeah. are you know the the coaches out there as well? I know, you know, it kinda of differs a little bit. I know they can't do any football work as far as anything with a football, but is there are the coaches out there as well or is it just the strength staff? Yeah, so most of the time you're
0: going to be working with the strength staff. You're going to be doing conditioning. You'll have weights in the morning and then conditioning right after. Um, Now, I don't know if they do kind of meetings after that. I know we did sometimes, but um, a lot of the time they do seven on seven. They'll do, you know, kind of just running routes or whatever, you know, throwing with the QBs. Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) it's always funny. I'm not trying to veer away from this, but it's always funny when people say, you know, so. The coaches aren't out there, you know. Like you can't be out there with the football, and it's funny because you're not supposed to, you know, quote unquote practice, right? But mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, the coaches, the coaches are gonna be like this. All right, so you know, at least the last staff was like, all right, so uh, you know, you guys just got done with workouts, conditioning. Um, here's this bag, if you guys want to, you know. I don't know, toss the football around, maybe, you know, in a more organized way, you know, maybe like a, you know, I wouldn't say seven on seven, but maybe, you know, like a eight on eight minus two people from each side. You're like, okay, yeah, so seven on <laughs> seven, right? So let's drop the bag, we'll and yeah. do all that. But um, for the most part, like I said, this is really where you get your growth. This is really where, especially if mm-hmm. you're a receiver and a quarterback, I think that's the biggest, it's the best time to build your connection And so any new guys on, you know, on the team that need to build that connection or really it's a time where you can become a smarter football player. And so that's why I've always harped on my podcast so many times is, uh, listen, like this is like, you have to put in the extra work and this is the prime example. If you like, we will know for a fact, come fall camp, if Oregon state and the, you know, and the team in general took this summer seriously, because I've seen what it's like when we don't take it serious. Trust me, I've been a part of the team where we don't take it serious at all, and it was it was a rough time, <laughs> like a really rough time. And then, I've, you know, I've seen it where, with Coach Ryan and his staff as well, where we took the summer extremely serious, and what did it result in is wins, right? And so yeah, you kind of just have to look at it. That's why I always say, you know, and people probably are on my head saying, well, it can't just be in the summertime. Either you're a good football team or you're not. But this is, you know, truly it's where, this is where you grow, and that's why you know you see those big time teams, say so, you in know, Ohio State, you know Alabama. I guarantee you, even though the coaches aren't there, they can run that like it, you know, like a practice, and they still run that probably like a practice. So that's why I'm saying Oregon State and their players need to take it serious. From the looks of it, as far as I know, it looks like they really are. And uh, I'm getting older now, so I don't know everyone on the team like I used to. But for the most part, the guys that I still know that are on the team. Uh, you know, they've been working hard and they tell me they've been working hard and everything like that. Obviously, I don't think they're going to tell me that they haven't been. But, you know, Adam, I I would say it's something that these players, I think that they understand finally what they need to do. And I think this staff has really kind of put that in their players is, okay. this is how you become a successful program. And as obviously someone like Coach Smith, who's seen it at a University of Washington or at a Boise State, he knows what it takes. Right. And he knows kind of the work you have Mm -hmm. to put in. So that's why I'm saying I think that they're in a better, you know, in a better state, not only in their mind, but in their body as well. So I have a lot of confidence that they will take the right strides because, like we said, come fall camp, when you and I, you know, are at practice, we're breaking down everything. We're, you know, we're in, we're there in person seeing it. We're going to see who's really been working, who's not, because like I always say, the eye in the sky does not lie. So when we have the film and we watch the games, we'll see who's been putting in the extra work and who hasn't.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I know. um, Sorry. Oh, I just got a picture message from my daughter. Sorry. Had to share that. (laughs) You know, I'm working out of town and had to drop the oh there. They miss me. But uh, (laughs) my bad, you know, getting a little distracted, Um, you know, talking about all the training and stuff. I know I might be asking a lot of you to kind of flash back back to when you were first coming on um, into the program and such. But how much team bonding takes place over the summer as well? You know, you're you're putting forth such effort and training and um, doing all that. But what does it mean to really build the camaraderie over um, the summer? And what kind of you know you, you hear about them going rafting or doing this kind of trip or this type of activity, whether it's paintballing that kind of stuff. What does that do? And how does that how does that building of camaraderie tend to translate? Into the fall as you move into fall camp. Yeah,
0: I would say the biggest thing is when you build a bond. At least to me, it's the fact that you're building a bond and you're you're kind of putting trust into another player, right? And so you kind of build Mm -hmm. that brotherhood. You know, it's more of you're building that family environment. You're making you know you're feeling like this guy would do anything for you and vice versa. Um, It's funny that you brought up the paintballing because absolutely no chance. I mean, I did go paintballing, and as much as I try to make myself sound like I was, you know. Kind of a hard ass. I was not, you know. As soon as the paintball started flying, everyone else is like having a great time, like laughing, and I'm like hiding and ducking, and I'm like, I don't want to get hit by a paintball. So the first time I did get hit by a paintball, yes, I cried. No, I didn't cry, but I was, I was certainly like that. That's something I'll never do. But no, it's the fact that when you build that bond, it it kind of it kind of forces you to, in a way, give that extra effort on the field, right? And it sounds, you know, it might sound cheesy, but it's true, right? So. You build this bond with some players, right? And I'll keep using maybe Jordan Villeman. I built a really strong bond, uh, bond with Villy just because we've known each other for so long now and everything like that. So when it came down to it, if I had to make a block and it, you know, it's someone I don't want to hit like a Buda Baker who can, you know, obviously is an NFL guy, I'm still going to put my body on the line for my brother. That's where you kind of build that yeah. mentality and that bond because we, you've seen teams who don't have that. And especially at Oregon State, we've – You know, there's been times where I played, and we didn't have kind of that bond. We kind of had our separate groups of people that we hung out with amongst the team, and it resulted, obviously, in going 2-10 and 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 1-10 or 1-11 or whatever, right? It's the fact that it wasn't a bond, and people weren't willing to give their all to their their brother, to the side of them, um, and everything like that. But it's just the fact that if you don't build that bond in the summertime, then when can you build it? Because you in, in fall, you have obviously the games, you have school, winter, you have school workouts. It's it's kind of like the summer is the only time you really get kind of your only focus really on football and kind of building that bond with your brothers. So that's why I'm saying it's so important for them to build it because when they do, then when it comes to the games, it's like, why wouldn't I give my effort for my brothers, right? Why wouldn't I do that for some, why wouldn't I, you know, go dive in front of a, a 400 pound lineman who's about to crush me because it's what you do, right? It's what you do for someone that it, it's just a, a brotherhood bond. And I've already said this story, but I mean, listen, man, there's no chance I would have ran in front of Vita Veya from Washington when he's running a hundred miles per hour down at us on kickoff return. And I ran in front of him. Obviously I got crushed, but I slowed him down. So he didn't crush Vic. <laughs> right. So that's what, you know, that's kind of where you build that bond and, Um, it's really important, man. It really is, and obviously it's more, it's not more, but there's X's and O's and everything amongst that, but if you build that bond and you have a strong team and a strong family environment, not only does that translate to the field, but like we've said on this podcast, it translates over to recruiting. Guys want to be a part of something like that, right? They don't want to be a part of something where it's just business and you can't have fun playing the game, and then after you're done with football, you go straight home and go to bed, right? It's fun to hang out with your teammates. It's fun to um, you know go to the river or do any of that you know it's it's fun when everyone shoots a mass text to the team like hey all right we're gonna go have a cookout at this dude's house and then you you know 50 people show up and it's you know it's a blast is that those are the kind of things that the summer can really build man and so it's not all just football but building that bond is something that i'm telling you it will really take the team to the next level
1: awesome and of course, you know, this all spurs on moving weekend from this last weekend. It wasn't just the football team that was moving in. You had it really across all the different sports, all their freshman incoming recruiting class were arriving on campus. I know it was, it's been different in the past where the football team showed up before, um, you know, your, your winter and summer or spring programs, uh, athletic programs show up, but having it all together now, you know, you see, uh, as people are going through the, the best bridge program, it's, uh, you know, there's different activities that they do. And you might see like Taylor Jones paired up with Jordan Lucas and Luke Musgrave and, you know, a signee from the gymnastics team. And they're out there doing a a scavenger hunt across campus. So it's, it's not just the football team that gets the bond. It's, it's really the whole creating this cohesive athletic department. I think that's unique at Oregon state as well, Mm -hmm. where you see a lot of um, carryover from one program to another. And, you know, I remember when I was a, a student, even before Marcus there, how much support each athletic program gave the other ones. You'd, you know, you'd be at a, a men's basketball game and you'd see, you know, the gymnastics team and the the golf team over there and football players and such. And it really carries over to all the different sports. I was at a men's soccer game this last fall and you saw, you know, uh, baseball players there and softball and all that stuff and i think that all stems back from the relationships that are built during this time period as well so it's it's not just the football program that benefits from this best bridge program the summer training workouts and such it's really the entire athletic department
0: mm-hmm. certainly that kind of wraps up in a way of what the summers kind of like for student athletes i mean like you said adam it's different for everybody but For the most part, it's kind of all a broad kind of general doing the same thing. But um, you know what we're going to do? We're going to switch over to do some damn questions. It's about time we bring it back, and so let's do some damn questions. All right, everybody, this is a segment that I know most of you guys have missed because I've missed it as well. It is time for some damn questions. Love damn questions. Love having you guys interact with us. Uh, Makes the show better. And, I mean, it really – I. I love hearing what you guys, you know, really have to say. What you guys are curious about, so um, let's just go right into it. Adam, the first question we have is from gobeeves 2 on Twitter. Um, they ask, "What is the status around recruits who visited the same weekend as Lemon, um, as in Noel, Bankston, Hunter, and et cetera?"
1: Well, starting off, uh, Jeremiah Hunter actually did not make the visit. Um, you know, he's currently committed to Cal. And there was some issues there, so he actually canceled his visit um, late Thursday evening, Friday morning, something like that. Uh, so he was not in town. Um, but in regards to the athletes that did visit, and Isaiah Newell, um, Jake Overman, um, Latrell Bankston, and um, them. You know, coming out of the visit, I heard, you know, we got into our opportunity at Beaver Bliss to speak to each of them. Um, but essentially, you know, they all had great visits, but as far as commitments, we're kind of in this holding pattern right now. And it's not to say that we don't still expect them to eventually be bees. I have crystal ball predictions for each of them. Um, but you know, we're entering this dead period right now where, um, it allows for them to kind of take that extra time and really think through their, uh, decision-making process. You know, all of them love their time in Corvallis and, you know, it's just a matter of waiting now. So this this waiting game that we'll play. Mm-hmm. And I could I could definitely see Newell and Bankston making decisions here in the, the near future. Um, Overman might be a little more drawn out before a decision comes down.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it I mean, it's just a waiting game now, my man. It really is, which is yeah. Which is unfortunate because I know a lot of us are, you know, kind of just dying to to see where these kids are gonna go. You know, obviously we know hopefully it's Oregon State, but um, you know, we just have to be patient. Unfortunately, I know how hard that is. So, um, Adam, you got a you got a question for us, my man?
1: Yeah. Uh, before though, I you know just kind of building off of what you just said, just you know, the fan base is going to be always wanting something secured now. And don't get me wrong, the coaching staff wants that too, but they also aren't pushing recruits to commit right now that's not their style and if they're going to be patient i think we as fans will be patient with the process as well
0: true we talked about that uh just the other day on the podcast is you know they're not gonna they're not gonna basically say listen if you you know we just want to we just want a commitment out of you right now if they you know if people commit they want them to be 100 percent sure And so I think that's something that we need to keep in mind is that would you rather have a commit now and then be super, you know, you're excited, everyone's excited, oh, my gosh, we got all these guys, uh, but they're not 100% sure, so when, you know, other offers come, they'll consider, or would you rather be more patient and wait for a kid and, you know, kind of just basically wait for him to say, this is really where I want to go and I'm 100%, you know, uh, I'm 100% towards Oregon State. So I just think that's something we should keep in mind. That's what I had to keep in mind a handful of times because I'm like, why are these kids not committing right now but it makes sense
1: yeah exactly and you know i'm looking over in the lodge at some of the questions that were posted in here um let's go with uh here for the bees he asked assuming we land or in contention for newell banks and overman and silas bolton who's uh Vic bolton's little brother wide receiver out of rancho cucamonga uh who are the top targets for the remainder of the class um he goes on to say I would like to see some old linemen, two high school and two JC or power five transfer players also need a tall wide receiver. I think you're right along the the right lines there. I think uh you know, there's still gonna be the offensive line that's gonna need to be addressed. You have Cooper Darling in the mix already. Um you look at other guys like uh uh Levi Rogers is one of their top targets right now. He's the offensive lineman out of Woodinville, Washington. He's a four-star according to 24-7 Sports um, rankings. I think he's going to be up there. Then you start looking at some of the other guys. Uh, Caden Stevens out of Camas is going to be a top target. Aiden Finney's still a guy who I have a strong feeling on. Uh, he's out of NorCal. Um, Chico, I do believe. Uh, he's been up to campus four times now, I think, he, last time being one of the half-day camps. I really think it's just a matter of time uh, before he commits. And you start looking up front, um, on the defensive line, I still could see them taking one prep defensive lineman out of the class. And that's assuming that, uh, Bankston commits as well as a defensive tackle out of the Juco ranks. Uh, linebacker, they appear to be full. Uh, wide outs, I think they are targeting a bigger bodied receiver, whether that's, uh, Trevor Pope or Jameer Shepard or uh, any new names that might pop up but i think they want that bigger target who can be a red zone presence as well as a a chain mover um you know there's another question in here if they if we feel that they're going to target any more uh quarterbacks as part of this class i don't feel like that's the the case right now i think they'll start looking to build relationships for the 2021 class and doing their uh their homework on future classes 2022 and 2023 and try to get one of those elite, uh, quarterback prospects for those classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I think Ben Goldberg their man for the 2020 class. Um, lastly, lastly, we had a couple questions, uh, pertaining to, uh, Wright's, uh, younger brother, um, John. He's a corner out of Laney community college there in Oakland um, and whether he's uh, what the interest level is with Oregon State with him. I think there's a high level of interest right now. However, I think, you know, uh, we'll have Coach Adams on later, and he can kind of talk about uh, Nation a little bit uh, and the growth that uh, that whole unit, his unit, has made. Uh, but as far as Rajon, I feel like for the JUCOs, they have two corner targets right now. Out uh, from the JUCO ranks, and I think Justin Harrington's kind of their top target, with uh, Rayon kind of being, I don't want to say backup, but kind of a one A one B type scenario. Mm-hmm. So, as far as the end questions, I think that kind of wraps it up for today. Um, you know, definitely we'll expand upon this in future episodes, and it's always great to get uh, the uh, the interest from the, the listeners and their feedback and being able to address what they want
0: to hear. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was saying I just, you know, I, I really love the fact that we're able to kind of just interact with the listeners. I think that's the best thing because, honestly, I always say it, man, but at some point I think they want a voice, you know, rather than just sitting here hearing us just babble about whatever we babble <laughs> about. So that's always nice. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, let's, it looks like we uh, wrapped up damn questions. Now let's flip it over to next level.
1: Now, I know all you listeners out there might think damn questions and that kind of stuff is your favorite segment. But for me, Next Level is my favorite segment of the entire damn podcast. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the latest to pledge to the Orange and Black. He is the seventh rated um, junior college athlete in the entire nation, the number one defensive end. Uh, he's out of San Diego Mesa College. He stands at six foot five, 275 pounds. Of course, we are talking about Alex Lemon. We did a deep dive into his recruitment on the last episode, uh, where he committed last weekend to Oregon State over offers from Florida, Oklahoma, Iowa State, LSU, and the list goes on. But right now it's time to turn to Marcus and ask him the all important question. What makes him the number one junior college prospect in the entire nation. What did you see on his film? Well, Adam, first thing I saw on this kid's
0: film is not only is he obviously has the crazy size of 6'5 and what, 275, which is just unreal, but it's the fact of how athletic and how much agility he has. He's a guy that, you know, even though he's a defensive lineman, he could truly run sideline to sideline. I really like the fact that coach Smith is trying to find these guys who and he you know he's obviously found them that are defensive linemen obviously with crazy size but they're pure effort players. He has all the talent in the world but it's the fact that if you can find a defensive lineman who is willing to run sideline to sideline, will run down a a running back, a receiver, whatever, you know, who's behind the line waiting for the blocks to develop and be and you know a patient running back. If he can basically Make the running back speed up his read, speed up the process of kind of, okay, where am I going to go? It's going to juggle up a lot of things, not only in the running back's mind, but in the offense's mind. So that's the first thing that jumps out to me, man, is the fact that, you know, he blows up the plays to a point where running backs don't feel confident. And you could tell in the film that they just don't feel confident with their reads. That's something that we haven't had, right? I think most of the time where you see someone, you know, run against the Oregon State defense, they feel like they have all the time in the world because there's no, you know, there's no effort with the fact that the guys are going to run them down from behind. So that's the first thing that jumped out to me. The second thing is, I mean, he just plays with great leverage, man. He doesn't get pushed back at all. He not, not one time. And I don't just watch highlights. I really watch the games. I watch the full games. And he plays with great leverage, like I said, doesn't get pushed back. He's the one who does the pushing back, which is something, again, we haven't had at Oregon State where – it seems like if the guys, you know, if the defensive line doesn't get pushed back, they certainly don't make an impact to the fact that, you know, there's no it's it's like they don't play with great leverage and they're kind of just standing there in the middle, which sometimes it's okay, but if you can get a guy like Alex Lemon who is throwing offensive linemen back, it's unreal. I mean, the kid has a full arsenal full of moves as well. I mean, his hips are great. He can rip through any blocker. He splits double teams, gets to the quarterback. But, I mean, man, the list can go on if if I'm being honest with you, man. But uh, (laughs) I think the biggest thing that we really need to take into consideration is the fact that we've needed more defense linemen who kind of have that read and react. Because I think we have guys who have size, we have guys who have speed, but I think something we're really lacking is the ability to read and react. And I think he has that. And I say that because – on the film, you'll see screens. He could read the screens and, and say, okay, how did I get through the line so quickly? Okay, well I'm going to drop my hips, turn around, and see the fact that there's a running back standing right there. Like, okay, this is barbecue chicken because all I have to do is catch the ball and I'm going to get 30 <laughs> yards, right? But he reads and reacts. So if he gets mm-hmm. through the line fast, he, you know, you could tell that he's he's a smart football player. He understands where, you know, okay, well if the lineman's going to do this, you know, if he's been blocking me hard all game. And then all of a sudden, he just lets me go. That has to mean something, right? Something is up. And so that just shows he's a smart football player. From there, you'll see him obviously drop his hips, turn around, sprint down the running back, and make the tackle, which is huge. But he just understands the game. He understands what the offensive linemen are trying to do to him. He understands what offenses are are doing to him. But again, Adam, at the end of the day, what do I think is most important is you know, it's the fact that it's just sacks, man. It's making plays, it's tackles for losses, it's making an impact on a game. And as much as we say that the off the defensive line is getting better, I think I would rather have it be, you know, we get guys who come in and instantly take that take that role and they take that seriously, you know, and um Alex is just a guy, man. I, I like I like we were saying off air, between him and Tavis. I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see around 30 sacks, right? Oregon State finished last season with 15 total sacks. I wouldn't be surprised if, obviously, that number went up to 30. I mean, I'm being 100% honest because no one can block these two guys. And I really like that. But, man, Alex Lemonman just has the moves. He has the size, the strength, the leverage, um, the hips. He's fast. What'd you say? He runs like a four. He ran like a four seven. Was like that. Or something
1: like that. I mean, it's it's. He moves at a different speed than you see from most guys who are, you know, 6'5", 275 pounds, you know. Yeah, yeah it's just uncanny.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, it, it's really just, it's impressive, man. I mean, obviously this guy, I'm not the only one, and you're not the only one who could see the amount of talent that he has. Because, you know, if you get an offer from a team that went to the to the college football playoffs, like Oklahoma— Come on, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. And it's the fact that Oregon State will get him. He's going to absolutely dominate his competition. I mean, he's so strong is the fact that when you even, you know, even in this film, he was getting triple teamed. Yeah, he might have not have made the sack, but it's the fact that not, you know, sometimes being the best player means you, you draw the most attention, right? So say, just like in, you know, just like in basketball, okay, well, let's take the best defender on the opposing team and put him on the best player on the other team. Okay, well, what does that do? That opens things up. Or when teams come to double team you, what does that mean? Is that they're putting more effort into you than they are on everyone else. So say if, if Alex is getting triple teamed, what does that mean? Okay, that means someone else is gonna be open on our defense to make that play. So even if he's not making the play every single time and making the sack every single time, what is he doing? But he's he's drawing all the attention for the fact that it's gonna open a lot of things up for the defense. And then offensive coordinators get be back, like, well, we can't even run to a side right we can't even run to we can't even run to the right we can't even run to the left okay well we can't run the ball in the middle so it's going to make it harder for offensive coordinators to kind of scheme around because what the, i think what they've been doing is seeing Oregon state where we struggle which is in the run game right and and defensive line wise and defense as a whole but you get a guy like him and it instantly changes kind of how you go about things and how you know where you can run how you can run and how you can really control the pace of the game these are defensive line or he him and Tavis are the kind of defensive linemen that are the ones that force offenses to change the pace of the game, you know, into a way that they're not comfortable doing. And so I just like his playmaking ability. I mean, the list can go on agility, athleticism. Um, he's a pure effort player, athletic freak, man. Runs fast, plays hard, can explode through, you know, he's fast off the line. I see him being a guy that could easily get 10 sacks in a season, without a doubt. Um, and for the most part, I would say that his biggest weakness, and I guess if you can call it a weakness, is he just has to be ready to, you know, be in even better shape than he already is. I don't know how great of shape he's in, but just watching from his film, I mean, you could tell he takes it serious, and he's he's in pretty damn good shape. So he just has to continue to build up, uh, just kind of, not build up, but be ready to be in a lot. And I'm when I say a lot, I mean probably. 98% of the plays, because he's a guy that you can't keep off the field. Because if, if you take him off the field, that's when teams are going to say, okay, now we can attack this way, or now we can attack that way. But if you keep him on the field, he really limits offenses. And I really like that about him. That's my full breakdown for you, my man.
1: Hey, just kind of taking it another step further. Uh, you know, as you're breaking this all down, I'm having flashbacks to the last few weeks' next levels. You know, we talk about Tavis and We talk about... Kyrie Fisher and Junior Walling and these guys who all have that sideline to sideline um, capabilities, playing fast, playing uh, strong, that kind of stuff. It really just gets you excited about the future potential of this defense. And, you know, I don't want to go out there and say, hey, they're going to jump from you know, 116th-ranked you know, defense in the nation to a top 25. But, I mean, there is an influx of talent coming into this program on the defensive side of the ball, especially right now, um, when you take into account this recruiting class and you know, what they were able to get from last year's and they should make a substantial jump here as soon as they get everybody going. And really when you start to think about Alex Lemon and Tavis Shippen, I don't know if we've had that talented of bookend defensive ends, you know, Scott Crichton, Dylan Wynn, the presidents, Bill Swanket, whoever he lined up against or, you know, opposite of, um, These two guys could be right there mentioned with those, you know, um, those guys in the high regards. Yeah. I mean, for the Oregon State program.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of talent coming in. And we always, you know, we think that it's more of, uh, and let me put this in perspective. When we see a lot of these people coming in, right, what do you think is, okay, those are guys you instantly plug in and play, which is true 100%. And I know I said that before as well, but. I would say the big that what even stands out to me more than that is the fact that when you look at it, these guys aren't they're not guys who are gonna come in and just you plug and play because you don't have anybody else. It's because they work hard and they want and you mm-hmm. know their their hard workers in the effort players. If out of all the people we've got so far in this recruiting cycle, you know, Junior Walling, Alex Lemon, Tavis Shippen, uh, Kyrie Fisher, all these guys, the thing that I've noticed is it's effort. These guys are effort players and you know they're not guys who take plays off. That's something that, you know, we haven't had. And it's just, uh, it's hard for me to put in perspective how, you know, with all these defensive guys, it, what it's going to look like when nobody takes a playoff. And I think the defense now with the guys that they have, they're getting better at it, right? But there's still times where you could tell that they take plays off, which results in big, you know, big time plays for the opposing team. But just trying to imagine a defense. Where the bulk of your guys don't take one playoff in a game, my goodness. I mean, this is gonna be a whole different yeah. Oregon State defense that you'll see. Whole different mindset, whole different mentality. They're gonna be looking like killers out there, man. It's gonna be something that's extremely exciting to see, and I'm ready for it. But definitely. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Well hey, th- that's next level then, right? That's next level, man. Well, uh, let's do this. <laughs> Should we yeah. go to the damn hotline? <laughs> Let's do the damn hotline. All right, let's do it. Coach Blue Adams is up next.
1: All righty. Welcome back to the damn hotline, Beaver Nation. Joining us on the hotline, we have Oregon State defensive backs coach Blue Adams.
2: Uh welcome to the show, Coach. How's everything going today in the valley? Everything's going really well. Um, I'm happy to be on board and be on the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely, coach. Thank you so much for hopping on. Uh let's just dive into the questions, my man. So <clears throat> obviously you're new to Oregon State, everything along the lines of that. But um, you know, I, I think a lot of the listeners and myself too, we're kind of just curious about your coaching philosophy in a way, because we've seen the videos, you know, all the hype videos and everything like that. I mean, you seem like a an energetic, intelligent coach. Um, kinda talk about what you think you bring to the table when it comes to coaching.
2: Man, um, well, if you if you just asking me, man, I I bring a, a level of excitement. Um, I try to teach the guys as much as possible, and I think that's where I really uh, kind of put a lot of stock in in coaching. It's just it's just it's just a teaching progression, really, mm-hmm. for me. Um, just trying to get the guys just to play at a higher level, and and I've done that uh, by just getting guys to understand ball. Just trying to trying to get them to understand it and kind of see it faster, process it faster. And the way to do that is just to teach or just to increase football IQ. Mm-hmm.
1: And it seems like, you know, I was I was able to take in one of the half day camps earlier this summer here in uh, on campus there. And one thing that I, I, I was gravitated to watching the defensive backs group, uh, not only because of the talent there, but also your coaching style and how, um, interactive you are and it didn't matter if it was you know a highly decorated athlete out there or somebody who you know was still learning the intricacies of the game that you would show them the same amount of attention and uh interaction with them and i thought that was really amazing too to see how passionate you are about the game
2: and how much you care about developing young men Um, which kind of
1: leads me into oh go ahead
2: yeah, I mean that's kinda that's kind of it, man. It's just the teaching aspect of it. And hell, man, I, I think I have one of the, the best jobs in the world really. I get to hang out with young men and just get guys to uh fulfill their dreams. So um I see it as an opportunity to, to, to mold and help shape and teach young men, uh, to put them in situations where they can uh be better. Um so it's going to stay the same. I know you. You mentioned you just kind of uh, with with those videos. I mean, <laughs> that's that's kind of how I am. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I like I like to get out there. Uh, but I, I think for me, it's not so much of what I can do for those uh, that I've crossed paths with, but what they do for me and they keep me young, man. they they, they allow me the opportunity to just go out there and just continue my my dream, uh, which is, which is coach ball. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited. I mean, I'm blessed uh, and, and excited to be able to, uh, coach. Yeah. And that's why, and that's at the bottom line, that's why uh, I think I have so much passion is because, uh, who lives better than me, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. So. You got it right. Coaching, uh, you know, talking coaching wise, what kind of what's your goals for the for the defensive back group I mean I know I got to play with guys like Omar Jalen Moore Um, you know I've been super high on Jeffrey Manning you know Isaiah Dunn is a guy who has all the talent in the world there's a lot of great pieces in that defensive back group and I think you know it I think it's finally time for them to you know really put it on full display kind of what are your goals for this upcoming season and what kind of what do you hope to see from these guys
2: Oh uh, really? I just want those guys to get better. Um, so every time we hit the grass, I preach to those guys: we got to get better and not get better at a, an alarming rate, but just get better. Point two eight percent, and and it seems like such a small amount. Which I'm asking, that's an extra step. That's a uh, a, a closer attention to detail. Um, I think it's doable. Um, so we preach and. You know, sometimes those, those I'm screaming at those guys, 0.28. I just want you to get 0.28 better incrementally every day throughout the course of a year, 365 days. If I just get better 0.28, I would have gotten better uh, 102.2% better, uh, which is, which is you're kind of revamping yourself. If you can get that much better, 102%. So we just, we just break it down like that, man. I'm, just, I'm not looking for a guy to take over the world right now. I'm not looking for a guy to to conquer Rome right now. The only thing I want us to get better on a day-in and day-out basis at the rate of .28. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, we'll, take, we'll sit back and take a look and see how far we've come and uh, just kind of reset the bar as to where we want to go and where we need to be. And we just got to continue on that course. Um, some days are going to be better than others. But I do know uh that 0.28 is the minimum um and like i said it's not it's not a a, a whole lot in order to achieve that it's it's mm-hmm. like i said, the extra step uh the attention to detail, the extra finish um the extra hustle and i think uh with that mind state uh, we can get better uh we we can achieve something so. Uh, although you you've mentioned some guys that have some some redeeming qualities, uh, we try not to get out in front of that bill and try to say where we will be at the end of the uh, of a season. We just want to get better. Point two eight, mm-hmm. just point two eight, and uh, I think I, I think we get we all get what we want uh, once we just get our minds right for for just for that, just point two eight better every day. I think uh, that's that's kind of the approach that we take. Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent, and so kind of you know continuing to talk about some of the uh, the athletes that have been in the program. You got to spend spring camp with the uh, the returning athletes, and but this last weekend you welcomed the uh, 2019 signees on the campus, and Akili uh, uh-huh. Arnold and Jojo Forrest, and then uh, a new name to everyone is Nation Wright, uh, who mm-hmm. had just committed a few weeks ago and uh, is already showing up on campus here. What can you tell us about Nashawn, and uh, what do you expect out of him moving forward into uh, summer training and the fall camp?
2: Uh, for all of those new guys, really, it's just getting those guys on board, uh, just getting those guys to understand what we're asking them to do, uh, getting those guys just mentally uh, ready to compete, uh, point to eight again, um, save no heartbeats, uh, and compete to win. Uh, those are the three things that we kind of harp on. So, just I think the first order of business for all of those new guys is just to get those guys to understand, hey, what you've done in the past was great. Uh, we got to build on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because of what you put on tape already that's so appealing for us. But we got to get better. We still got to get better. Um, and and we still got a, a, a long road ahead of us.
0: Absolutely. And, and Coach, We'll go out on one last question for you. Uh, so, you know, I, I know some of the players pretty well. You know, obviously, they used to be my teammates as well. But uh, word on the street is, man, that there, there's kind of – I don't know if there's a true competition. But just outside looking in, man, I don't know. I, I heard maybe some of these players think that they're a little faster than you, man. Some said that they think you could still play.
2: Do you think you think you could no. suit up a little bit and get back out there or what, man? <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, I I am doing what I'm supposed to do. That's just scream, yell and blow the whistle. That's it. (laughs)
0: Hey, Coach, man, we really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, We'll have to get you on again sometime soon, my man. But really, we appreciate it. Absolutely. The listeners appreciate it. And thank you so much for hopping on, Coach. You have any last
2: words before we uh, let you go? beaver nation just continue stay tuned and and we'll put a better product out there um and just continue to grind on a day-in-day-out basis Mm -hmm. absolutely coach blue adams
0: oregon state's defensive back coach thank you so much coach we appreciate it
2: i don't know about
1: you but coming out of that talk with uh coach adams that was just i get so absorbed into it it's uh, amazing to hear him talk about just
0: football in general. Yeah. I mean, you could tell he has a big passion for it. That's something I really like. And, you know, every, anytime you can find a coach, and I think that's what Coach Smith has done a great job of, is finding these coaches who, you know, they have a passion for, obviously, because I think any coach has a passion for it. But, I mean, you heard what he said. He said he thinks he has the best job in the world. So you're talking, like, mm-hmm. out of anything that he could possibly do, right, he thinks doing this job right now is the best job in the world. Those are the guys that you want. Are you kidding me? You have a coach sitting here saying that, you know, he puts all of his passion into it because these kids make him feel young and they, you know, they bring out his love for the game even more. That's something that you don't get everywhere, right? You'll see at, you know, obviously at some other schools where you'll see the coaches, and I've experienced it too, where some of the coaches, it happened on the last staff, where some of the coaches just don't seem like they want to be there, right? And it seems like it's a job rather than a passion. So anytime you can get guys who truly love what they do and have a passion about it, that's where you'll see the progress. That's where, uh, you know, not not only is it you're seeing the improvement of the individual player, but you see an improvement of the team. That's why I have confidence in this team and this coaching staff because of what they say. I mean, it's crazy, man. That he really made me want to come back and strap up and play some football. Grant, he said he can't play, yeah. and I don't know if I can still play. Probably not. <laughs> But it's the fact that he has this love for the game. He has this love for the players. It's something that we don't always get to hear, man. And that, I don't want to say that might have been our best damn hotline, but that was one of my favorite by far. I
1: agree. Hey, but we're only going to get better from here, right?
0: Mm, I hope. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if it can get any better after that, man. He uh, (laughs) he really (laughs) killed it. But, uh, Adam, do you have anything to add before we wrap this thing up?
1: have a happy and safe fourth of july everybody um don't blow off any fingers
0: yeah don't do that that's Please. all i got bro yeah i stay <laughs> i stay away from the whole like fireworks and potentially blowing fingers off so um uh, that's what we're yeah. gonna end on it's what we're gonna end on thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the damn recruiting podcast with your host marcus Greaves and adam nicholson